السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا We have to show gratitude to our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessing of coming together and for the immense blessings of all of these very special people that Allah Ta'ala, despite our states and our disobedience and our shortcomings, He continues to honor us with all of the blessed people that have been in this very space that we are entirely undeserving of being with them. And we could list the names of people that we know that have been here and that there's people that Allah Ta'ala are beloved to Allah and beloved to His Messenger and to that be in their presence is a great, great blessing. And there's something about, even though they themselves are different, they're like different flowers in a garden. They become in different sizes and different shapes, metaphorically speaking. They have different beautiful scents. And despite this, is that when you're in their presence, there's this common thread. And that this, you feel almost like a bubble is around you where you're protected. And that by being in their presence, you indeed are protected. There's something about their presence, their radiant presence, that brings out the best in you and simultaneously covers up the worst in you. And this is perhaps one of the greatest blessings of sitting with the righteous, is that it brings out the best that is in you. And when they give you glad tidings, it gives you hope, true hope, that you can attain that something that lies within your potential that you can't reach in and of yourself, but if Allah blesses you to reach it, that you can attain it. And the gift of hope is one of the greatest gifts of all. And so we thank Allah for all of the blessed people that we've been exposed to, all of the blessed people that we are able to sit with. And it is that with open arms and with true joy that we always that love having Al-Mutarif come back and visit us and that we're looking forward to these next few days. Inshallah, these days are filled with madad and they're filled with barakah and they're filled with nur and they're filled with all types of outward manifestations all of which are channeled into an increased connection to the Rasul sallallahu These are opportunities. These are opportunities. Let's benefit from these opportunities. And that if you come with strong intention, and you come with a, that strong and vast outlook on things, in other words, is that you have a good opinion of Allah, and you see is that there are certain people in His creation that are vehicles or means for Him to that gift you great blessings. And the beautiful thing here is even if you're wrong, it's actually not even a prerequisite that you be right. Even if you're wrong, one of the beautiful things about having a good opinion is that you never, ever lose, even if you're wrong. And that, let alone that if you happen to be right, that there's a that twofold, that blessing, that a, the blessing of that your opinion and then the blessing of the reality of the affair. And so these are opportunities. And that just as that in every other aspect of our life we take opportunities. That many of us look for that Black Friday so that we can get the opportunity of buying things throughout the year that we aren't normally at that price. 
Many of us look for the opportunity that when we have time off to do something that it is that we've been waiting to do. Many of us look for opportunities that if, for instance, that real estate is at a certain price, okay, it's time to buy a house. There's all different types of opportunities that you and I look for in our worldly lives. But the more important type of opportunities are the opportunities that come by way of people, place, and time. In which that Allah Ta'ala has placed immense blessing in that particular person or that particular place or that particular time. And if we are wise and we have true iman, our faith becomes strong, is that we will find is that these opportunities take precedence for us over all other type of worldly opportunities. May Allah Ta'ala bless us to benefit because that we're not getting any younger, that's for sure, is that our that days are limited no matter how long it is that we live and that all we have is the present moment. The past is gone. And if we did good, we thank Allah. And if we did wrong, we ask forgiveness. The future is that we don't know if it's going to come. We do not know if we're going to live to the morning. That we don't know what's going to happen in the future. All we have is the present moment. And one of the greatest plots of shaitan is to preoccupy us in the moment with an excessive focus on the past or an excessive that concern and worry about the future. That's a plot from shaitan, to spoil the moment. Yes, to a certain degree, you should be concerned about the past only insofar as you do the two things that were mentioned. To either seek forgiveness or to show gratitude. Or to rectify something that needs to be rectified. Yes, that it's okay to think about the future in a balanced way. But more important than that is to trust in Allah about the future and don't rely upon your plans for the future. The greatest thing that we can do actually is to live in the moment and to take advantage of the moment. And one of the great ways that shaitan tries to spoil that for us is try to get us to procrastinate. And this is what's called in Arabic taswif. And that we've been learning in the Arabic class that there's a way of rendering the verb in the future. So that you speak about the future by adding a scene or a sofa. And so it comes from the same root. That sawafa is to procrastinate. Taswif is procrastination. And it's one of the great ways that Allah that, that shaitan that spoils for us that opportunity that we have in the moment. In these very lofty that things that we are hearing about from Amul Tarif, that these are things is that the heart that longs for. And even if we don't fully understand what we mean, let your heart absorb them. And the very fact that Allah Ta'ala blessed your ears to hear them is that is a sign that He wants to gift you something of its reality. Were it not to be that Allah Ta'ala that wants to give you something, He won't let your heart be attached to it. And this is why is that many of our teachers that encourage us to think and even speak about it with adab, these affairs, so that our heart becomes attached to it, so that we can long for it, and all of that being a means for Allah Ta'ala to gift it to us. Because if you really think about this, this is what life is all about, is preparing for the hereafter, and then to know that, that relationship between paradise itself and our Prophet ﷺ. And the reality of the Prophet ﷺ, how that, that actually affects paradise itself and then us being in it, inshallah, altogether, is that the way that we then experience it. That is something lofty and great indeed. And that is something is that once you start to uncover and peel away 
all of the stuff and everything that is blocking the access of these spiritualities to our innermost being is that once that starts to peel away and it starts to touch the internal reality of the human being is that it will bring it to life and it will lead to the highest degree of passionate love for these realities and this is what we are all here for. And you never know, it could be any moment that Allah Ta'ala opens up that door for us and especially in the presence of the righteous. And the more and more that we focus on what we've been speaking about these past several weeks, this type of code that we have to live by, this way of being, which is the way of the prophets, i.e. futuwa, spiritual chivalry, the more that we are by focusing on these great traits, we are exposing ourselves to be able to receive this mercy of Allah Jalla Jalada. And we left off on the following trait of futuwa. وَمِنِ الْفُتُوَّةِ أَنْ يُمَكِّنَ إِخْوَانُهُ أَنْ يَحْكُمُ فِي مَالِهِ كَحُكْمِهِمْ فِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ And let's remember that this is a lofty standard. And even if we can't live up to that standard to this degree, is that we take baby steps in that direction. And again, we have to have the correct conception. This is the way that things should be. These are the various degrees of the deen. And then secondly, this is where I fit in relation to those degrees. And I'm going to work on myself. Just as you would do the same thing if you're working out, that you would set your goals on what it is that you want to achieve, and then you would work slowly to be able to build up to that. So this translates as, it is from futuwa, i.e. spiritual chivalry, to enable your brothers to lose your wealth, to use your wealth like they use their own. Wow. Is that basically, is that you don't see a difference between your bank account and their bank account. Now, many of us are really distant from that. Many of us find grudgingly even loan our friend money when they're in dire need. Right? Let alone that when that, you know, that, that, that there is not a dire need. And this is something that has to be treated and worked on. You can't say that there's true brotherhood that if you don't try your best to take care of each other when there's a need. Right? Otherwise, is that we're just speaking words and there's no reality to what it is that we're living in relation to this deen. And so, is that if you look at this language, and yahkumu is to literally, it's to judge something. But when you give hukum of something, it is understood is that you have full possession of something. So in other words, it's as if your wealth is theirs. And there are people that are like this. And there's amazing stories of people that are like this. And sometimes this is how it is even at home. Even the relationship between spouses is that they actually become extremely happy when the spouse gives out that extra wealth that they have. And that if we find this happens, is that you give your son or your, or your daughter some money and they give it out, that one of the worst things that you could do is to get upset at them. Because then you've just taught them that, oh no, you shouldn't give out wealth. You should actually that be very happy that they give out that wealth. And encourage them to give out more. And find a way, if you're able, to replace that, if you can. So that you can encourage them to do this. But we have this beautiful statement that comes in a, more, a rarer book of hadith. Is that, أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ كَانَ يَقْضِي فِي مَالِ أَبِي بَكْرٍ كَمَا يَقْضِي فِي مَالِ نَفْسِهِ is that the Messenger of Allah 
used to use the wealth of Abu Bakr or his property, everything that is that he owned, as if it were his own. He had that degree of connection with Abu Bakr is that at any point that he could, that say, take care of this and it would be taken care of. It was as if his wealth was his. And in reality, is that if you would that get down and see what's in the heart of Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, is that this was all he wanted to live for. If you look at the things that were made beloved to him, they all related to Rasulullah. What would be more beloved to him than to that have the messenger of Allah take from his wealth, if we truly have iman. And that this extended in Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and everything that related to the Prophet that he even used to say is that for me to maintain the family relationships of the Prophet is more beloved to me than my own family. And he used to see in Ahl Bayt something of the secret of their connection to the Rasul. Muhammadan fi Ahl Observe Muhammad in his family. And this meaning observe here means that to observe the right of, but also observe. See in the blessed family of the Prophet ﷺ, their connection to the Rasul. Biologically we know is that it's the same DNA. It is the same blood. And there's something very special there. This is why we're always honored to have in our presence the blessed family of the Prophet ﷺ. So this is amazing. The Prophet used to use the wealth of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as that Sayyidina Abu Bakr himself would use his own wealth. And there would have been nothing more beloved to him. So this is something that we have to strive towards. This is one of the traits of Futuwa. And someone that is that has a connection to the world in that they have greedy desire for it. And that they can't let go of it. Is that it's very hard to achieve anywhere near this rank. And even the beginning degrees that are moving towards this rank. Nevertheless, it's something that we have to work on ourselves and strive towards. And then the next trait, and again, that most of these relate to how we should be with other people. And that they are all different types of traits and manifestations of virtues that lie in the depth of the heart. Is that woman in Futuwati Mahabbatul Kira Waldiyafa. It is from Futuwa, spiritual chivalry, to love having guests. And to show hospitality. It's from Futuwa. To love having guests. And love showing hospitality. And subhanAllah. That people are different in this regard. There's no doubt. And sometimes temperament plays a role in this. And then you have in general more generous peoples than others. You have certain families that are more generous than others. And you have certain individuals that are more generous than others. But if you have ever grown up in a home where there was very rarely any guests, is that you will know the feeling of the deep sense of that loneliness that comes to a house. And sometimes these are very nice homes. And the irony is, is that oftentimes the nicer the home, sometimes there's actually a lower degree of generosity in certain places. But there's an emptiness in that a house that doesn't have a lot of guests. And there is that a beauty and a life in places where you know there's a lot of guests. 
And there's an amazing hadith of the Prophet وسلم, that says, لا خير في من لا يضيف. There is no good in anyone that does not show hospitality. There is no good in anyone that does not show hospitality. And this is obviously within one's limits. That this is obviously within one's that financial limits. People have different degrees to which that they can host people and to take care of people, of course. But at least that trait should be there in the heart and the love of this should be in the heart. And then we have another hadith that says, that what a terrible people, a people is, that do not take guests. They don't take care of guests. They don't allow them to stay with them. And that we have an example in the seerah of our Prophet ﷺ, where he passed by someone. And this individual was described as having a lot of livestock. livestock. He had a lot of camels, he had a lot of cows and other livestock, and that for that Arab, this was that very real wealth. And that this man that refused to, that show hospitality to the messenger. And the Prophet passed by. And he kept going. And then he came upon an older woman, that she only had a few goats, significantly less than the wealth of this other individual. And that she sacrificed one for the messenger, sallallahu and then the Prophet ﷺ commented on the, the different two states because he is required to clarify. He said, Unduru ilayhima, that look at both of them, right? The difference between the two. The first person had a lot, but wasn't accustomed to showing generosity. The second person had a little, but was very generous. He says, akhlaq These traits of character are in the hand of Allah. Faman is that anyone that Allah Ta'ala wants to gift a great trait, he will certainly do so. And so he noticed that difference, subhanAllah, is that you could have two people, one who's actually very wealthy, one who doesn't have much, but the second person is actually that much more generous than the first. And that then we learn also that our Prophet Wasallam is that one time a guest came to him, and we know this because Abu Rafi', who was his mawla, is that the Prophet asked him when he had this guest, for that Abu Rafi' to go to his Jewish neighbor and ask him to borrow a little bit of flour. So, this is one of the most amazing things about studying hadith, is that you learn all of these intricate details about the life of the Prophet. Meaning, there was a time where he had nothing to serve his guests. And we've taken a hadith some time ago about on another occasion when the Prophet had a guest is that he asked all of his households and none of them even had a sip of water to give their guests. And then he had to send him to that someone from the Ansar, from the helpers to that show hospitality to this person. And so that this neighbor of his that made it a precondition that for him to give him a bit of flour is that he needed to set up some collateral. So the Prophet had a shield that he set up as collateral, that for a little bit of flour that he then that took care of his guest. And he says that in relation to this, Wallahi, inni la aminun fi sama aminun fil alt, is that I am the trustworthy in heaven, that I'm trusted in heaven. That so I'm definitely trusted here on earth. I'm Amin here on earth. And he was definitely known by that name, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
And he says that were he to have lended me this flower, I would have indeed returned it to him. But he said, take my shield and set it up as collateral that for, that this, uh, for this flower. But again, that going to that extent to take care of a guest. And our Prophet was asked one time, Sallallahu Alaihi that what is the best manifestation of Islam? Ayyud Islam khair. What is the best Islam? And the Prophet responded, and there's different narrations that indicate the best things, but this is definitely one of them. Tut'im al-ta'am is for you to feed people food. This is one of the greatest things that you can do, is to feed people food. And that you greet people that you know and people that you don't know. And we should get accustomed to this, that we greet people that we don't know. We should be very cheerful people. You should greet your neighbors. You should greet people in your neighborhood. You should greet people in the local store. And that I think people need to be a little bit more relaxed like us from the West Coast. That we're more prone to greeting people on the East Coast. Wow. They oftentimes don't take to these greetings. Sorry, East Coasters, my little hit towards the East Coasters. But it's good to be cheerful and to greet people. And specifically to give the salam. And then we have this amazing story of Sayyidina Ibrahim. Is that his nickname was Aba Abu Adifan, the father of guests. And that he would only eat meals with guests. And sometimes that he would walk a mile or two to search for someone to actually find a guest to come eat lunch with him. The Prophet Abraham And that this is not a trait that has been lost in history. That the Quran teacher of our teacher is that he was known for this. Is that he would only eat meals with guests. And he literally would arrange people to eat with him on a daily basis. So that he would eat alone. And this is truly an amazing thing. And so that these are traits that we want to acquire. And that this is that how it is that we want to be. But we should love showing hospitality. We should love having guests. And that when you have that spirit, the people that come into your home, even if it's small, it feels huge. That even if you don't have much to serve, it's usually extremely delicious. And that sometimes the opposite, you're in a very nice home, but you feel very constricted. Or there's a lot of different types of food, but there's a lack of blessing in it. What we really want is that blessing. We want that openness of heart. And that we want to be able to receive people and in a way that is pleasing to Allah and His Messenger. This is one of the great traits. Our Prophet told us, <laughs> Whoever among you believes in Allah and in the hereafter, Let him that show generosity to his guest. This is one of the great traits of Muslims. And alhamdulillah, wherever you go on the face of this earth, this has been my experience is that that Muslims are some of the most generous people on earth. It's in there, that blood. And it's something that they learn from a very young age. And it's extremely, extremely beautiful. The generosity that that so many Muslims that across the world show. May Allah Ta'ala bless these traits to be in us. And may Allah preserve this in our own children. And that may that we live up to these great traits of character and to live long lives in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala open up doors of closeness to him and to his messenger and to prepare us for to be able to receive great blessings in this world and the next. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadan wa ala alihi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.